Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. I'm going to talk today about Thomas. How would you like to be Thomas? And a couple thousand years removed from his time, those of us today are still referring to him as Doubting Thomas. One, one mistake follows him all his, all of his life. And uh, I wonder if when we meet him in heaven one of these days, if we're going to say, Tim Parker, you must be doubting Thomas. No, just Thomas, thanks. Well, the, doubt was, the doubt was done away with when, when I saw the hands and feet, of, hands and side of Jesus. And we're going to read that story here in, in, in John chapter 20. I'm going to turn there. Uh, his, uh, his story is not unique. Many of us have doubts from time to time and doubt ourselves, doubt our belief systems, doubt a lot of things in life probably. And so he's just the one that's given voice to it today. Let's look at this text beginning in verse 24 down through verse 29 of John chapter 20. Now Thomas called Didymus which means twin, by the way. He likely had a twin. One of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, put my hands into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again. Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Thomas had a do-over, an opportunity for a do-over, a second chance. We do too. Let's look at the, the characteristics and traits that we can pull from this text today and pour into our own lives. The first is this. Is Thomas' second chance was marked by absence. It was marked by absence. Verse 24 says, uh, he was not with the disciples when Jesus came. Now, either uh, he didn't know what was going on at the time or was fearful and stayed away. Earlier in verse 19, we see that the disciples were gathered together behind closed and locked doors uh, for, for fear of the Jewish leaders, the scripture says. Uh, that brings the first question to mind. What has fear caused you to miss? What has your own fear caused you to miss? That job, um, that relationship, has it caused you to miss victory instead of defeat? I wonder if it's caused some to misunderstanding instead of confusion, to miss the miracle instead of mediocrity. Uh, being engaged, being present is 80% of, of I think, seeing and seizing the, the, the do-over moments, the second chance moments, is being there, being present. And by present, I mean awake, aware, engaged, hungry, 
and serving instead of sulking. Are you, are you present? Thomas had the same fear as the rest of the disciples initially, but he goes and hides instead of huddles together like they do. I'm, I'm assuming to, to draw strength from each other because they were afraid for their lives. Thomas stays at the house rather than hangs with those who, who could be an encouragement to him. This, uh, this text is, is evidence of the importance of the body of Christ, the church, and how we come alongside each other who have doubts from time to time, how we come alongside each other to help, to give strength, to help share the burden, to help share the load, to give strength to the weak, to encourage the fearful. And if you aren't here, you miss that. That doesn't come through a computer screen by way of a stream or some, some other way. Can't be captured with thumbs through a text message. You got to be here to experience those kind of things that the body does for each other and with each other. You have to be present. And Thomas was absent. Second thing we can learn from Thomas's second chance is not only was it marked by absence, but Thomas's second chance was seated in doubt. It was seated in doubt. Look at the last part of verse 25. Said, but he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, put my finger where the nails were, put my hands into his side, I will not believe. Now notice that his doubt <clears throat> wasn't conceptual. Rather, it was tactile. He, he needed to touch. He, he was, he was a, a tactile learner. He needed to touch, uh, see, see, his, see and touch his hands and feet. In short, Thomas was a skeptic. Uh, he wanted to, to see and touch. Now, while skepticism isn't evil, it's not healthy either for most of us. Being a seeker, being a searcher, being curious uh, can be, when it's properly guided, a good thing. Healthy thing, even. But Thomas missed the opportunity because he was seated in doubt. And that doubt, as I said, is often birthed out of skepticism. There's nothing wrong, hear me here, there's nothing wrong with being cautious. Nothing evil about that. But caution carried too far can turn into skepticism. And skepticism, which can lead to doubt, which can lead to indifference, and which can eventually lead to disobedience. It all starts with caution. Thomas' absence and doubt nearly caused him to miss probably the most significant moment of Jesus' visit on earth with the, with the disciples at the time. If you look in those earlier verses, he shows up with them and he takes a deep breath and breathes into them the Holy Spirit at the, at, at the previous meeting. And Thomas missed that. Now, we don't know whether he gained that here. We hope so. Whether he gained that here or later perhaps at Pentecost. But it was probably the most significant moment Jesus had with, with the twelve and Thomas missed it because he was absent, because of his doubt. Uh, and doubt can, can lead us down a, a road we don't want to go. Thirdly, not only Thomas' second chance was marked by absence and was seated in doubt, but thirdly, Thomas' second chance was introduced by the evidence. Introduced by the evidence. Look at verse 27. Then he said to Thomas, Jesus, said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Put your finger here, put your hands into my side. Jesus presents the evidence to Thomas because he knew what was at the core of Thomas's unbelief. He knew he was a tactile learner, knew, his, knew, knew what, what he needed. He will consistently, <coughs> consistently meet us where we are with exactly what we need, just as he did Thomas in that moment. And put yourself in that room. There they are gathered, and Jesus just shows up. The doors are still locked. 
And he's in the room. That would have been enough for me. I don't know about you, but that, if I'm Thomas, that would have been plain enough for me to say, I'm good. Don't need to see the hands and feet. I'm good. But he, Jesus says, watch here. Touch, touch, touch this. Experience what you need to experience to believe. Go further. Uh, we've talked before about those only God moments, those moments that can only be explained by God showing up. The more you exercise your faith, the more of those you're going to have. And the more of those you have, the bigger the stack of evidence starts to pile up for you in your life. And it's the bigger that stack becomes, it can't be the ne- denied the next time God brings you to a door that has something hard on the other side of it, has something difficult on the other side of it. There, there'll be enough evidence for you to walk through. Uh, it's those only God evidentiary moments gives us the faith and the courage to step through whatever's waiting on the other side of the door, even if it's hard, even if it has shouldn't, can't, won't, written across it. That evidence causes us to step through and glean and gain what's on the other side. Uh, there's, if, if there's no evidence in your, in, in your life, if there's no stack, if there's no only God moments, then either two things are true. One is, you don't know him as your savior. Or two, your confidence is in yourself and your own abilities and not him. Uh, those only God moments are only things that only God can do. Well, his second chance was marked by absence, doubt, and introduced by the evidence. Finally, Thomas' second chance resulted in affirmation. It resulted in affirmation. Look at verse 28 again with me. He said, Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Thomas needed to see it to believe it. Some of us are like that way. Some of us need to see it to believe it, to believe that it's true, believe that it's, it's factual, believe that it's, it's solid. He had the benefit of seeing Jesus in the flesh, in, in the physical. And though we can't physically see him in the flesh here today, we can see the physical results of the things he does times and opportunities he shows up to do something, as I said, only he can do. Sometimes the physical results uh, relate to our health. Sometimes they relate to money. Sometimes they relate to relationships. Sometimes they relate to jobs, pregnancies, addiction, depression. Sometimes they relate, they, they, they relate to a word from God that only was intended for us. Sometimes it seems as if we read that that was written exactly for me. You ever done that? Sometimes... That's, that's how God affirms. Um, he will always, though, don't miss this, he will always affirm himself, he will always affirm his word, and he will always affirm your faith. Don't ever forget that. He will always affirm himself, he will always affirm his word, and he will always affirm your faith. So if you want to be affirmed, here's a great opportunity here in verse 29. Look at verse 29, says, because you've seen me, you've believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me. That's you and me sitting here this morning. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. Uh, that's, that's you and I sitting here today. And, and we shouldn't need a face-to-face in order to believe. There should be enough evidence of what God's done for us to believe. We shouldn't need a, a face-to-face or a hand to scar that, that moment to believe if God has shown up in our lives. Uh, he's, we've already seen enough evidence. We've talked about over these last several weeks. The do-overs and second chances of Peter, of Hannah, of Mary Magdalene, and today of Thomas, but there are many others. 
Adam and Eve was a story of second chances. Uh, Moses had, had, had a couple of second chances, in fact. Um, Joseph, David, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, Zacchaeus. Person after person, Scripture is full of second chance after do-over, after second chance, after do-over, after second chance. And he's faithful like that. My question for us today that I want to kind of leave us with and wrap this series with is this. How much more do you need to see to stop doubting and believe? How much more do you need to see personally to stop doubting and believe? And then the second question is, what does your do-over hinge upon? What does your do-over hinge upon? Or ask another way, what keeps you from experiencing that do-over, that second chance? I wonder if it's doubt, like Thomas. I wonder if it's fear of what's on the other side of the door that has hard and can't and won't written across it. I wonder what we're afraid of. I wonder if, if healing has caused us to miss our do-over second chance, whether it's relational healing, financial healing, marital healing, job healing. I wonder what kind of healing we're standing in need of. Or perhaps it's more basic than that. I wonder if repentance is what's standing in the way of our do-over, of our second chance. We've been carrying around guilt, as we talked about last week, habitual sin, and we've never repented of that, never turned. And consequently, we've lived in defeat instead of victory. And that repentance is what stands in the way of our experiencing God's do-over, second chance. I'll tell you this. He is consistent and faithful to give it and to honor it in your life every time. He's consistent and faithful to offer you a do-over and another one and another one and if needed, another one. We got to see it, seize it, and put to death whatever is causing us to not do that. Put it to death tomorrow, get up Tuesday, put it to death Tuesday, get up Wednesday, put it to death Wednesday. Put to death the doubts, the fears, the hurts, the healing, the anxiety, the repentance in order for us to see and seize his second chance for us. It's there. Don't think God isn't gracious. He's gracious. And again, and again, and again. Let's pray. Father, these stories all throughout your word of do-overs and second chances that you've given good people, not so good people, obedient people, people who are disobedient, those who sought after you and those who ran from you, so here we are, a, a group here in this room of, of misfits. None of us have it all together. None of us are, are worthy of your love. None of us are worthy of a do-over or have a, have a second chance, but all of us from time to time will find ourselves in need of that. And so you cause us, like Thomas today, to recognize what stands in the way, deal with it, and move on beyond it. Whether it's doubt, whether it's fear, regardless of what it is, would you cause us to see it, recognize it, admit it, speak it, and get above it tomorrow, and get above it on Tuesday, and get above it on Wednesday, where we're living in victory instead of defeat, all because you've shown up and said, that's been forgiven. That's been forgiven. That's already been forgiven. And what you're going to do tomorrow is going to be forgiven too. There's opportunity after opportunity that you give us for a do-over. We'll never see it with those things clouding our hearts and minds. 
but help us, though, when we see it, to seize it. And don't stay in defeat. And don't stay wondering if this is as good as it's ever going to get for me. But to see it and seize it, live it, walk it, tell the story of what a second chance can do in them. Because a second chance God has done in us. We love you. Want our lives to be a reflection of that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ. 